Welcome to Love Rules, the radio ministry of Roxbury Presbyterian Church in Boston. My mom, Liz Walker, was Boston's first African-American television news anchor, but her most important job is what she does right now at RPC, preaching the good news about God's love. The Bible says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. How does that work? Join my mom now as she offers us Love Rules from Roxbury Presbyterian Church. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Love Rules. Today's message, Navigating the Wilderness. And our text is from 1 Kings, the 19th chapter, the 1st through the 8th verses. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. Verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him, and said, Get up and eat. Otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Verse 8. He got up and ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. The prophet Elijah has just had a huge victory in a confrontation with the prophets of Baal, the the idol god of King Ahab and his wife Jezebel. Elijah arranged a contest of sorts that pitted Baal against the one true God. The Lord God Almighty showed up and showed out, raining fire down from heaven and Baal is rendered useless. Elijah wins the competition and for good measure destroyed all of Baal's prophets. Now, of course, this was not a bout of the World Wrestling Federation. God didn't win this for the sake of winning because everything God does is for a purpose. God wants the people to turn from idolatry, and with this victory, they do. But Elijah's victory leaves Queen Jezebel furious, and she vows to kill him. So terrified, Elijah makes his way to the wilderness. He sits down under this tree and asks that he might die in the wilderness where he's feeling alone and defeated. Elijah just stops asking God to take his life. Now, the most preached about part of Elijah's story comes a little later in chapter 19. You remember this. The prophet sits in a cave on Mount Sinai, waiting again to hear from God, who doesn't come in the earthquake, doesn't come in the fire, but instead comes in a still, small voice. And the story of God's unexpected encouragement resonates for all of us. But before Elijah gets to that mountain, before he has this powerful moment with God, he must get through this time in the wilderness. And that's where I want to focus today. It is in the wilderness where Elijah's most important lessons are learned. It is in this rough and inhospitable place where Elijah must make some critical decisions and take some important steps in order to get through this despair and this hopelessness, there is a lesson in the wilderness. There's a word from God today in the wilderness. If you believe God's word, 
then you must understand there is a reason for the wilderness. We don't just end up in a wilderness situation randomly. In God's economy, the wilderness has purpose. Over and over again in the Bible, we read about these wilderness experiences, these uh, wild places of desolation like deserts or, or thick forests. I always imagine thickets and undergrowth and no clear pathway, uninhabited, uncultivated, painful, trying places. Remember Adam and Eve are exiled to the wilderness. The, the Israelites wander around the wilderness. Jesus is driven by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The wilderness can be a place of confusion and danger. And Elijah goes there to die. So the wilderness is not a place where we necessarily want to be. And if we're not careful, we can be lost in the wilderness. You know, we are living in times when the world has experienced particularly evil violence. The terrorist attacks, the mass shootings, the slaughter of police, the seemingly unwarranted police killings of black men, all these obscene reminders, and there are many more than I've mentioned, of this troubled and increasingly ugly world. Now, I suppose we could just shake our heads and and say, well, those are just random, disconnected events. But I think there's something more going on here. Whether we realize it or not, those of us who believe have stumbled into a 21st century wilderness, a desolate time full of evil and uncertainty and chaos where nothing makes sense. Now, as Christians, we already define the world itself as a place at odds with God. The world is a dark and unregenerate place, a system with corrupt values. The Bible says in John 2, do not love the world or anything in it because it's full of the lust of the flesh. But when we talk about the world, as evil as it is, there is a sense of predictability about it. You know, like we know how bad that is. But this wilderness that I'm talking about now is this period of of seeming lawlessness and anarchy that's all over the world at the same time. And and, and it's kind of crazy. What's going on? Is this the new normal? We are in the wilderness, a condition that leaves even the most godly of us feeling defeated and lost. And like Elijah, we don't know what to do. We're weary. And that's why he says, it's enough, God. Just take my life. How do we make it through the wilderness? I'm so glad you're with us today. Here's a special invitation. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is marking 130 years of worshiping God and serving his people. And we want you to help us celebrate Thursday, September 29th at Mosley's on the Charles in Dedham. For ticket information, log on to rpcat130.org. That's rpcat130.org. We'll see you September 29th. How do we navigate this state of chaos and turmoil that we're in? Well, let's go back to the text. Elijah's predicament offers us some answers. First of all, Elijah is a man of God. The only context in which navigating the wilderness is possible is in the context of God. There is no escape from this wilderness without God. I don't care what you say. I don't care what the world leaders are saying or the political leaders are saying or the economic leaders are saying. I don't care what they say about establishing global peace or racial justice. I don't care who Donald Trump has got. I don't care who Hillary Clinton has got. The Bible is clear. Our battle is not against flesh and blood 
but against the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. You see, there's a spirit of violence in this world. What we're seeing on the news, what we're reading about, this external physical violence, is a result of an internal violence of the spirit. And that's not going to stop until we try to be reconciled to God. Now that brings us back to Elijah. He is in this battle for God. He's had a victory, but the enemy is not giving up. So Elijah runs into the wilderness, defeated and depressed. Maybe there was a time when Elijah thought his prophecy, his leadership offered something new and different, but now he realizes the truth. This work is hard. This enemy is powerful. But we have to remember, God is not absent. One of the biggest curses of the wilderness is is what it does to your senses. You're overstimulated with so much chaos, rebellion, and evil. It can block out your awareness of God. That's what happened when the devil tempted Jesus. In the wilderness, we can become so assaulted by what we see that we forget the most important thing for people of faith is what we do not see. That's why Jesus says man does not live by bread alone. God may not seem to be in the wilderness, but God is there. God was there with Jesus, and God it was there with Elijah. Remember, he sends this angel to take care of him, to remind him he's not alone. What you have to remember in the wilderness, and I mean that in this kind of public, global wilderness that we're all in right now, and I also mean that for your own personal experiences, God is still sovereign, and God is still in charge. So the angel has these two kind of real simple but profound uh, pieces of advice for Elijah. The first one is get up, and the second one is eat. During the worst of the, the killings and the shootings that went on this early spring and summer, I received a newsletter from one of the leaders of the Presbyterian Church, And it was really beautiful. The man's name is Harold Delhag, and I do not know him. But his message was this. Change and transformation are at the heart of the gospel that weaves us into community. Justice is the cord that binds us. Despair is not an option. Giving up in discouragement is not an option for those who choose to follow Jesus. So let me just tell you that again, because I just want to get you the important part here. Despair is not an option. Giving up in discouragement is not an option for those who choose to follow Jesus. So just as this angel says to Elijah, I say to you, as this man said to me in this newsletter, get up, get up. That's the best advice for any wilderness experience, be it deeply personal or be it a collective wilderness. Get up, stir yourself, move, take some action, some spiritual action, pray. Gather in community. The word says arise. No matter what kind of wilderness you find yourself in, no matter how chaotic or miserable, you have to move. You have to do something. Faith is action. Get up to worship. Get up to minister. Get up to be restored. Get up to encourage. Get up. And then, and this is the next thing the angel says, eat. Get nourishment. Be fed. Elijah was tired and defeated. His energy was low. The angel fed him. We are to be fed by the word of God. 
And that is done through the presence of God, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, prayer, and study of the Word. The Word says, your Word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. Internalize the Word. Make it real in your life. Keep praying. When you are down and you are feeling despair and the wilderness is just overwhelming to you, be it the wilderness of, of, of television, talking about all the evil in the world, or something personal you're going through, get up and eat. Be fed by the Word. And remember this, the wilderness is temporary. The wilderness in the Bible is always a temporary space, an in-between space where the ordinary suspended identities shift, and in the midst of great problems, new possibilities can emerge. You can navigate your wilderness because God is with you, whether you realize it or not. Be blessed. Thanks for joining. Thank you for tuning in. Roxbury Presbyterian Church is located at 328 Warren Street, right in the heart of Roxbury. Come worship with us on Sundays at 11 a.m. This is a listener-supported program. We invite you to partner with us and learn the many ways that love rules. Visit us on our website, roxburypresbyterianchurch.org, or call us at 617-445-2116. Love will reign.